I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, The Themes of the Feast of Trumpets. This is part four of the series. In reviewing and examining the various themes of Yom Teruah or Rosh Hashanah, the following themes are associated with this festival. Number one, this is known as Teshuva or the season of repentance. Number two, this is known as Rosh Hashanah, which means the head of the year. This festival is associated with Yom Teruah which is the day of the shout or the day of the awakening blast. It is associated with Yom Hadin, which means the day of judgment. It is associated with Yom HaZikaron. It is a day of remembrance. It is associated with Hamelik, which means the king or the coronation day of the king. It is associated with the days of awe, the days between Yom Teruah or Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are known as the days of awe and they are a prophetic foreshadowing of the tribulation period. Next, it is associated with the opening of the gates of heaven. It is taught that the gates of heaven are opened on Rosh Hashanah to let the prayers of the repentant to be received during this season of judgment. It is associated with Kedushan or Nesuin, which is the Hebrew terms for the biblical wedding, because this festival is associated with the last trump, and the last trump is associated with the resurrection of the dead, and when we get resurrected, we will be going to a wedding ceremony with Yeshua the Messiah. Finally, a theme associated with Yom Teruah or Rosh Hashanah is Yom HaKisei, which in Hebrew means the hidden day. Yom Teruah is known as the day of the shout or the day of the awakening blast. In Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 24, it is written, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath, a memorial, a blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. So in Hebrew, it is written that this is a time of the teruah, which means a blast or a shout. So Rosh Hashanah is known as the day of the awakening blast, a teruah can also be 
translated from the Hebrew as being a shout or a loud shout. Therefore, a theme associated with Rosh Hashanah or Yom Teruah is to awaken those who have fallen into spiritual slumber. One of the reasons for the blowing and the sounding of the shofar is it is meant to arouse those who have fallen asleep spiritually. Now let's look at examples of blowing the shofar in the scriptures. Number one, the Torah was given to Israel with the sound of a shofar. Exodus or Shemot chapter 19 verse 19. Number two, Israel conquered Jericho with the blast of the shofar. Joshua chapter 6 and verse 20. Number three, Israel will be advised of the advent of the Messiah with the sound of the shofar. Zechariah chapter 9 verse 14 and verse 16. The shofar will be blown at the time of the ingathering of the exiles of Israel. Isaiah or Yeshiyahu chapter 27 verse 13. Number 5. The shofar was blown to signal the assembly of the Israelites for war. Judges chapter 3 verse 27 and 2nd Samuel chapter 20 and verse 1. Number 6. The watchman who stood upon Jerusalem's walls blew the shofar to give warning to the people of the God of Israel. Ezekiel or Yehezekiel chapter 33 verses 3 through 6. Number 7. The shofar was blown at the start of the Jubilee year. Leviticus or Vayikra chapter 25 and verse 9. Number 8. The shofar is a reminder that the God of Israel is sovereign Psalms or Tehillim chapter 47 and verse 5. Number 9. The ram's horn or shofar is a reminder of Abraham's sacrifice of Isaac and the God of Israel's provision of a ram as a substitute. Genesis or Breshit chapter 22 and verse 13. Number 10. The shofar was blown to announce the beginning of festivals and the celebration of the new moon. Numbers or Bamibar chapter 10 verse 10 and Psalms or Tehillim chapter 81 in verses 1 through 3. Number 11. The blowing of the shofar is also a signal for a call to repentance. Isaiah or Yeshiyahu chapter 58 in verse 1. The blowing of the shofar is associated with the warning of the coming of the day of the Lord or the darkness part of the messianic era. Joel or Yoel chapter 2 verse 1. Number 13. The blowing of the shofar will be sounded at the resurrection of the dead. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 16. Number 14. John or Yochanan was taken up to heaven by the sound of a shofar in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1 when he was on the Isle of Patmos and was shown those things in the future that are to come. Number 15. Seven trumpets or shofar are sounded when the God of Israel judges the earth during the tribulation period. And this is found in Revelation chapters 8 and 9. Number 16, the shofar is used for the coronation of biblical kings. 1 Kings or Melachim chapter 1 verse 34 and verse 39. In traditional Judaism, the shofar is 
sounded during the season of Teshuva, except on the Sabbath. This is explained in the Jewish Book of Y, pages 228 and 229. There are three basic sounds made with the shofar. These sounds are called a tikia, a teruah, and a shefarim. They represent the following. A tikia is a blast, or a short bass note ending abruptly. A teruah, or a trump, is a long resonant blast. And a shefarim is associated with quavers, or a series of trills. In sounding the shofar, in celebration of the festival of Yom Teruah, there will be specific shofar sounds that will be made. One of those order of sounds is a tikia, a shefarim teruah, and a tikia. And in a traditional Jewish service of Rosh Hashanah or Yom Teruah, those sounds will be followed by the blast of the shofar that's associated with the tikia, shevarim, and the tikia. And finally, those sounds will be followed by the tikia, teruah, tikia. And the final sound of the shofar is a tikia, teruah, tikia, gadula. When the shofar is blown, there is a blessing that is recited for the hearing of the shofar. And the blessing in traditional Judaism is as follows. Blessed are the people who know the sound of the shofar. In the light of your countenance, O Lord, they shall walk. Blessed are they that dwell in your house. They shall be forever praising you. Selah. Blessed are the people to whom these things are so. Blessed are the people whose God is the Lord. The rabbis teach that the blessing is not necessarily under the one who blows the shofar who, or who is able to blow the shofar. The blessing is for those who know the meaning of the sound of the shofar. And so we just went over earlier the examples of the blowing of the shofar and what they are associated with. So your blessing is when the shofar are sounded that you know the meaning that is being communicated from the sounding of the shofar. Next, we're going to look at 10 reasons for the blowing of the shofar. And these 10 reasons are given to us and enumerated by Rabbi Sayaji Gaon, who lived in the 9th century. These 10 reasons are found in the art scroll Rosh Hashanah Ashkenaz Maxor which is the prayer book, and it's found on page 430. So looking at each one of these reasons for blowing the shofar, we will begin with reason number one, which is that the shofar is blown to make a proclamation that the God of Israel is king over the whole earth, and he's the king of the universe. The first reason for blowing the shofar is because Rosh Hashanah, or Yom Teruah, marks the beginning of the creation of the world when the Holy One, blessed be He, created the world and reigned over it. In ancient Israel, it was customary at the beginning of the reign of a newly crowned king to sound the shofar to proclaim his ascent 
consent as sovereign king over his kingdom. The shofar was also blown to proclaim the anniversary of the beginning of the reign of a king over his kingdom. In like manner, on Rosh Hashanah, we proclaim and accept the kingship of our Creator, the God of Israel, who is the King of the universe. Therefore, the first reason in blowing the shofar is to proclaim the sovereignty of the God of Israel and to declare His kingship over the universe. What is the spiritual application to this? Yeshua is the King of Israel. We are told that Yeshua is the one who created the heavens and the earth and it was will by Yahweh the Father, but the heavens and the earth were created by the word, the spoken word of Yahweh, who is personified in Yeshua the Messiah. In John chapter 1 and verse 49, it is written regarding Yeshua, Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. And then in Colossians chapter 1 verses 15 and 16, it is written, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created, by Yeshua were all things created, that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. Yeshua is the king of kings. In Revelation chapter 19 verse 16, it is written, And he, that is Yeshua, has on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The second reason for the blowing of the shofar is it is a warning to repent. Rosh Hashanah or Yom Teruah is the first of the ten days of repentance, and a shofar is sounded thereon to proclaim and to warn whoever wishes to repent, let him repent. If not, let him have remorse later. This is the way of kings. First, they forewarn the people through decrees, and whoever sins has no complaint. Therefore, the second reason for blowing the shofar is a warning to repent before the God of Israel. The God of Israel desires that all people would repent and put their faith, hope, and trust in him. In Joel or Yoel chapter 3 verses 13 and 14, it is written, Put ye in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Multitudes and multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. You have to decide where you stand, whether you're going to believe in the God of Israel, whether you're going to repent of your sins, or whether you are going to remain an unbeliever and outside of the camp. In Jeremiah or Yermiyahu chapter 8 and verse 20, it is written, the harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. The God of Israel desires that all people on the earth hear his call to repentance. In Zephaniah chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, it is written, Gather yourselves together, yea, gather together, O nation not desired, before the decree bring forth, before the day pass as the chaff, before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you, before before the day of the Lord's anger 
come upon you. Seek ye the Lord, all you meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgment. Seek righteousness, seek meekness. That is, humble yourselves, repent of your sins, and accept Yeshua as the Messiah, and follow the Torah and keep the commandments of the God of Israel. And it may be that you shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger, meaning that his anger and his wrath won't come upon you and overtake you. In Second Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, it is written, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but he is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The third reason for blowing the shofar is it is to remind us to follow the Torah of the God of Israel. The third reason for blowing the shofar is a reminder of following and keeping the commandments of the God of Israel, and to remind us on Rosh Hashanah or Yom Teruah of our obligations unto the God of Israel to follow, observe, to do, and to keep his commandments, to obey the Torah or the word of the God of Israel. What is the spiritual meaning and application that we can understand in our relationship with the God of Israel and how he redeems us from the world and the world system and he speaks to us to follow it and to keep his commandments? Well, Passover is linked to the Feast of Pentecost or Shavuot through the counting of the Omer, which is done between Passover and Shavuot. In traditional Judaism, Shavuot or Pentecost is called the Atzeret or the conclusion of Passover. That Pentecost or Shavuot is linked with Passover and the coming out of Egypt. How is this so? That is because spiritually, the coming out of Egypt is a type of the world and the world system and the ways of the world. And coming out of the world and the world system, we do so by putting the blood of the Lamb upon our doorpost, which is our hearts, which is accepting Yeshua as our Messiah and receiving the forgiveness of our sins. And once we do that, Yeshua said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So after we come out of Egypt, which is a type of the world and the world system, put the blood of the Lamb upon the doorpost, we are on a journey to Mount Sinai where the God of Israel teaches us of his word and teaches us of his ways. The God of Israel not only wants his people to leave Egypt, which is a type of the world, but he wants them to be redeemed, that is through the blood of Yeshua, which is associated with Passover, and to know him in a more intimate way, that is receiving a knowledge and an understanding of the ways of the God of Israel by knowing and following and practicing, observing and doing his word. This is how we come to a greater spiritual walk in Yeshua the Messiah. In Exodus chapter 19 verses 17 through 19 it is written and Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God and they stood at the nether part of the mount so when Moses is escorting the people of the God of Israel to meet with him at Mount Sinai which is where the Torah will be given what happens at Mount Sinai continuing on in Exodus chapter 19 verses 18 and 19 it is written and Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke because 
is, the Lord descended upon it in a fire, and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mount quaked greatly. And when the voice of the trumpet or the shofar sounded long and waxed louder and louder, so when the God of Israel, and we understand this to be Yeshua, gave the Torah at Mount Sinai, he did it with the sound of the shofar. The fourth reason for the blowing of the shofar is so that we would hear the word in the message of the prophets of the God of Israel. The fourth reason for blowing the shofar is to remind us of the words of the prophets which are compared, their words and their message is compared to the sounding of the shofar and to take warning or to listen to what they proclaim in the name of the God of Israel. In Ezekiel or Yehezekiel chapter 33 verses 1 through 7 it is written, Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speaking to Ezekiel, Speak to the children of your people and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon the land, if the people of the land take a man of their coast and set him for a watchman, if when he sees the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet or the shofar and warn the people, then whosoever hears the sound of the trumpet or the shofar and takes not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet or the shofar and took not warning, his blood shall be upon him, but he that takes warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come and blow the trumpet or the shofar and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is a taken away in his iniquity. But his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. So you, O son of man, I've set you as a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, you shall hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. The fifth reason for the blowing of the shofar is so that we would pray for the rebuilding of the temple. The fifth reason for blowing the shofar is to remind us of the destruction of the temple and the battle alarms of the enemy. When we hear the shofar sound, we are to pray to the God of Israel for the rebuilding of the temple, as it is said, because you have heard, O my soul, the sound of the shofar. We beseech you, O Lord, to rebuild the temple. And this is based upon the words found in Jeremiah or Yirmiyahu chapter 4 in verses 19 and 20. Historically, Ezra erected an altar on Yom Teruah or Rosh Hashanah. Prior to the rebuilding of the second temple, an altar was erected and sacrifices began to be made on Yom Teruah or Rosh Hashanah prior to the laying of the foundation of the temple. In Ezra chapter 3, verses 1 and 2 and verse 6, it is written, And when the seventh month was come, that is Tishrei, and the children of Israel were in their cities, the people gathered themselves together as one man to Jerusalem. Then stood up Jeshua 
Yehoshua, the son of Yozadak, and his brethren, and Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and his brethren, and builded the altar of the God of Israel to offer burnt offerings thereon, as it is written in the Torah of Moses, the man of God. From the first day of the seventh month began they to offer burnt offerings unto the Lord, but the foundation of the temple of the Lord was not yet laid. Well, that's going to conclude part four of the series on the subject, the themes of the Feast of Trumpets. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.